I ended up getting a lot of backlash. I ended up losing thousands of followers on my on my Instagram account and on my Facebook account, and then on my email list as well. I sent out an email about it, and within within two days, I had already lost two thousand subscribers, and it was really hurtful. This is episode number thirty-two of the Become a Media Maven podcast, and I'm super excited to just jump right into this episode. I am speaking with Kimra Luna who is a creative entrepreneur, and she's talking a little bit about her journey in entrepreneurship, but something that I really wanted to talk about with her, because she does this so differently than everybody else, is how she shares on social media. She is very vulnerable, and she does what some people may call oversharing, but I just call it being real and being honest. And I feel like today, when everybody wants to make social media their highlight reel, she is really good at just keeping it real. And I think that is also what helps her continuously be so successful. So here is my interview with Kimra Luna. Ever wonder how some people seem to get a ton of media coverage and you don't? Welcome to Become a Media Maven, where TV reporter, host, and news contributor Christina Nicholson shares years of media experience to help you get the media attention you and your business deserve. And now, to help you master your media coverage, Christina Nicholson. Camera, thank you so much for joining me on the Become a Media Maven podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me today. And a lot of people, if they don't know you, you are successful in a variety of different things happening in the online business world. And we're going to talk about business a little bit, but we're also going to talk about life um, because something that I do admire about you is, and I mean this in a good way, is like you have no shame. Like you will just put it all out there and you will tell everybody what's going on. And I really <laughs> like that transparency and how authentic you are. So we're just going to like get into it. Awesome. Love it. And I love talking all about all these sorts of uh, just different topics about being authentic online. And, and really, I think that's why my business grew is because I've just been myself. And, and even though some of the things I share are very hard, um, I think they've been important to share a great message for people. Why did you decide to start like really letting people into your personal life and share as much as you feel comfortable? Well, like I've always been kind of an open book sort of person in general. Like I've never really been, you know, scared to to tell people my story. Like if someone just started asking me and talking to me in person, I would share. Um, But publicly was much more difficult um, because once I started having a following, it was like, do I share that I was on welfare as an adult? You know, do I share that I was raised by a single mom? Do I share that I was abused my entire childhood? It was kind of like the, it was like, I had a question and like, like, should I like, like, and then I started working with like speech coaches and people like that who were like, you know what? Your stories are powerful, Kimra. Like your audience needs to, needs to hear these things. And you're really being, a disservice if you are hiding these things and holding them in. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I I remember when I first shared that I had been on welfare as an adult and that I was had been living at my in-laws with my kid with my two kids and we were on welfare for about four years. 
And I remember when I first shared that story and I sent out an email to my list talking about it. Um, I, the feedback that I got, just so many people replied in the emails and were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing. I've always had so much shame around the fact that, you know, we're still currently on welfare and we're working on getting off of it. And, you know, like it was just, it was so, but it was relieving to me because I was terrified to send this email out. Like it's, it's not like I don't get scared to share, um, some personal things, but I was so terrified and I was, but I was so grateful and relieved when the emails came back from people saying like, you know, showing their appreciation for me sharing. And, and ever since that day, it's, it's not that it's gotten easier. Um, some things I've had to share were even harder. Um, you know, like sharing that I was separating from my, from my husband was a really big deal because in the online space, everyone saw me as like, a, oh, super successful. She went from welfare to like making seven figures. And she has a super hot husband with a long flowy hair and like the cute three boys. And they live in this Manhattan high rise and, and all this stuff is like, I had like this life, you know, that people were just like, oh my gosh, I dream to be like Kimra. And, you know, to then post online, actually, me and my husband are separating. It was the most terrifying post I ever made because I knew it would like kind of crush people's dreams in a way. And it did. Um, I got so many emails and messages from people saying they were sobbing and crying. And I was like, I felt like everybody else was having a harder time with my, with my divorce than I was even having because like, I just was like, hey, this is just part of my path and, you know, we're moving forward and everybody else was like sobbing. My team was sobbing. I mean, it was like a really, really big thing. And so it, it took it does take courage to post. And I still do it even though I'm scared like it, that being scared doesn't hold me back because I know it's going to help people in some sort of way. OK, maybe that's the answer to the question I was going to ask you is. You talk about you're scared to do it. You were terrified to send that email out about welfare, which I remember, by the way. Like, that was years ago, and I remember mm -hmm. that. And you do it anyway. Why do you do it anyway? I mean, yes, obviously, you're going to help people, but you're really, really scared, and you do it anyway. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, for me, I feel like I... I am on this journey and everyone is on it with me. Um, you know, I think sometimes we feel a little isolated because we're sitting behind our computer while we're like writing a blog post or, or making a video for YouTube or whatever we're doing. And we can feel kind of isolated, but we kind of forget that everybody that has opted into our email list or is following on social, they're on the journey with us. Like they've raised their hand and said, hey, I want to be on this journey with you. And I feel like when I'm sharing and the more vulnerable and raw I get, the more I relate to them just as people. And it's really just about connection and building relationships to me. Um, I'm, you know, kind of like from punk rock world. I was, you know... A punk rocker since I was a teenager and when I started booking concerts for a living when I was 17 18 years old I um you know it was all about community building relationships friendships connecting and really just appreciating and, and having this love for a, a one another and I think it's a little bit different for me because you know obviously you know I have a very big audience you know there's like 65,000 people on my list there's hundreds of thousands following me on social and, you know, it's, it, it, but it's almost like, I feel like, like anybody, because I share those stories, any person in my audience would feel completely comfortable coming up and giving me a hug rather than just a handshake. 
And I think that's the difference. And to me, that's important because I think humans need more of that connection. We're so separated with our devices and sharing stories is one of the things that still brings us together. And I've, I, I mean, even when I do events in person, people don't just shake my hand, they give me a hug. And I think that's the difference between, um, you know, people that are in the online space who are, you know, sharing real, you know, vulnerable uh, content versus people who are just sharing the sugar-coated version of everything. And a lot of people do that. Yes, most of them do that. Most of them are, are too afraid to have any sort of controversy at all. Most are too afraid to to share what's, you know, some of the real raw experiences that they've had. And, you know, I feel like it's a disservice to people for them not to be sharing because there's definitely people in their audiences that can relate to those stories. They're just choosing to not, to not share them. And do you think that your openness to have these connections and to build relationships, do you think that may be the key to your success? Because, I mean, you are very successful in business, and do you credit that, putting that kind of effort into connecting with people and building relationships to your success and your business growth over the years? Yes, absolutely. Um, there definitely was some topics that went, because I'm, I'm now getting divorced, but my, um, my ex, he wasn't comfortable with me sharing online. Um, things like, you know, that I was molested when I was a little girl, things about the fact that I was raped when I was 20 years old. Um, there's just things he just didn't feel comfortable with me sharing. Um, and so I was held back a little bit in that way. Uh, but now that we're separated, obviously I'm able to share much more openly and go a lot deeper with my stories. Um, but you know, I do know that me sharing, especially sharing like the welfare story um, and the struggles that came along with that, I feel like sharing that is it made me so relatable to everybody because people are just like, oh, my gosh, I've been on welfare. Or I know someone that's on welfare. And like it made them feel like I was just a real human. And that's what people want to buy from. People don't want to buy from, you know, people that they can't relate to or connect with in some sort of way. And even now, even with selling physical products, you know, I sell mostly service-based or digital courses, but even when you sell physical products, people want to understand the brand. They want to know the owners. They want to, they want to, they want to be part of something. And for me, everything has always been like, just build the community around my stories, the people that relate to these stories, they're coming into my community. And I know for a fact that that's what has built my business to where it is now. I always say people buy from people, they don't buy from mm -hmm. businesses. Tell exactly. us, for people who don't know, I mean, because you do a lot, you started out blogging, like you were a mom blogger from the very beginning, yes. right? Okay, so mm -hmm. tell us what people over the years are buying from you and how you are actually profiting off of these connections. Yeah, so I started off as a mommy blogger, and that really happened when I started a, a Facebook group 10 years ago. It's kind of crazy to say that, uh, but 10 years ago when I was pregnant with my first son, I started a mommy Facebook group, and I built it for several years. There was close to 100,000 women in this community, and then um, I ended up deciding to create a blog out of it, and then I started blogging. And I started learning how to make money online. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can actually make bits of money and like help, you know, with paying bills and things like that. Um, and then my blog started getting so much traffic. I ended up, um, one of my family friends 
who was in the online space said, you know, what have you been doing? And like, how, like, how is this working? Like, I think you should do some sort of training on this. And so I decided to do a training and it was my first ever webinar presentation. I was terrified to do it, but he actually emailed his huge list about it. And so there was like hundreds of people on my first ever webinar. And actually I think there was over, there was over a thousand, I think by the end, like by about halfway through, like, I mean, it was, it was insane. Like it was completely insane. Um, so, and I was so nervous and I did pretty well. The presentation ended up being about two hours long, but it was like so amazing. People got so much value out of it. And that's what kind of shifted me into what I'm doing now. And now I, uh, started a company called freedom hackers and it's all about helping service-based entrepreneurs and people who want to sell digital products online grow their businesses, no matter what sort of niche they're in or industry they're in. And, you know, it just kind of, it just, it was like a natural progression. It just came into that. And then I started selling all sorts of digital products from teaching people, you know, how to use simple tools for their businesses to teaching people how to do Facebook ads. We've had over now over almost 2000 people just by my Facebook ads course. And I've, and I've taught over 20,000 people Facebook ads via my webinar presentations. So, um, it just, it grew very, very rapidly. And I was just kind of just being my natural self. I wasn't really like, I don't really feel like I, you know, had some fancy smancy business skills that somebody else had. Um, I actually hadn't taken, uh, business courses online. Um, there was only like one, uh, person's courses that I had taken. And it was just like a thing where they did kind of like a monthly, um, like webinar thing. Um, and I hadn't, I hadn't taken online programs. I just kind of learned by like observing and seeing what, what people were doing and all these different niches and, and things. And, and I just was like, Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like maybe I could do something, you know, around that sort of thing. And, and all I wanted to do is grow a Facebook group. That was it. And so I started off just growing a Facebook group and then, um, it ended up, I ended up, uh, generating over seven figures within the first um, 18 months of starting my current business. And since then we've done over 4 million in sales and plus about another million in um, affiliate commissions. That's amazing. And are you still doing all of those same things in your business today? Yes, I'm still doing all of them except we are cutting back on my courses and now I'm only doing a monthly membership because I really wanna focus my energy, um, especially with going through the divorce the past 18 months. Um, I want to focus my energy solely on my monthly membership. And then I actually have two new businesses that I'm opening in the new year. Uh, one is a punk rock podcast um, with one of my friends. And then another one is um, a live streaming show with my sister. Um, and with my sister, it's actually going to be on video gaming. So I'm actually starting two new businesses and completely different niches um, and literally in January. And, um, and that's just because I just want to be more myself, you know, and I feel like that's what I strive to do. And that's what I'm, what I'm doing. That's awesome. Totally different niches, but Mm -hmm. very, very cool. Um, okay. So how does mindset play into all of this? Because we talk a lot about how life interacts with the business and, how, you know, just the way you lived your life, interacting with people and building connections helped build your business. But there's also so much mindset that goes into it. And honestly, for me, mindset was not something I really thought about until my business reached a certain level. And then I thought, oh, so this is the mindset thing everybody talks about. Like it actually does matter. So how does 
your personal life, your trauma of what you've been through over the years, how did that affect you in your business and your mindset? Well, I feel it still affects me, but it just doesn't affect me as um, dramatically as it would because um, I'm a person who is diagnosed with PTSD, OCD, ADD, um, anxiety, and depression. So all of these diagnoses that happened when I became an adult, um, and most of it was because of very, um, very traumatic uh, childhood upbringing. And I actually started working on my personal development over 12 years ago. And that's because I, I met my husband and he was very much into it. Like he started showing me the secret and started teaching me about law of attraction. And, and I started reading all these books and I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to change my entire mindset or my life is going to suck forever. And it wasn't even necessarily thinking about it. Oh, it's like a business thing. I was just like, I just need to heal. I just want to be happy. I just want to actually love and enjoy my life and get joy out of the things on day to day. And especially after having my first few, uh, my first two kids, um, there was just such a massive transformation that happened to me because when I was reading personal development books, everything always said, you know, Oh, focus on gratitude, focus on gratitude, you know, focus on those feelings of love and all sorts of things. But as a child, I never felt unconditional love like at all. Like that was just not something I experienced in up until the age of 20 when, when I met my husband and once I had my first son and I was holding him in my arms, I was like, this is what the feeling of gratitude is. This is what the feeling of love is. And so I've been able to really harness that feeling. And when I'm like journaling about things I'm grateful for or journaling about things I really want in my life and really um, visualizing how I see my life to be, I'm able to really harness that feeling into that. And that has been so healing. Like the births of my kids have been by far the most healing experiences I've ever had. And it, it makes me like I've told people before, go have a baby. Um, but uh, <laughs> because it's like, like, I mean, just the, the power in it and to knowing like that, that my body create created this thing and my and my body made this thing, you know, that's just so beautiful and so pure and because that's what we are, we are creative beings. And um, it was something I, I needed, you know, I, growing up, I never thought I would have kids, I didn't want to have kids. Um, and then when I became pregnant with my first son, I was with my husband for about two years at that point. And he's just like, No, I, I really want to keep this baby. So I'm like, All right, I guess I'm being a mom, you know, and then that's what happened. You know, the rest is history. And then I've just I've spent so many years working on my personal development journaling all the time, you know, I especially journal at night and I really assess like how I was feeling throughout the day. I like to ask myself, like, how were you feeling today and why were you feeling that way? Um, because I, I'm really kind of my own coach in that sense, because I wasn't able to afford a therapist. Um, I wasn't able to afford, you know, a lot of the other services that, you know, someone that has a lot of stuff that I'm going through like needs. Um, and so I spent a lot, most of my time just healing through journaling and really kind of coaching myself with, you know, with law of attraction and, and mindset sort of books and things like that. And what are your favorite resources for personal development? I'm really into Abraham Hicks, though Abraham Hicks is a bit kind of a different level than for most people. I would say if someone is get first getting into it. 
Wayne Dyer um, was someone who, I mean, my life just completely transformed uh, reading all of Wayne Dyer's books. And I really wish he was he was still alive because I never got to see him in person. Um, So I, I would say Wayne Dyer is is definitely a really, really great starting point. If you want to work on like get like a course or a program on like um, mindset, especially around money mindset, um, Gala Darling, she has some really great inexpensive courses or like a hundred dollar um, courses on like abundance and those sorts of things. And I love her courses and I still go back and go through like the videos from her courses, um, you know, when I just need, you know, some some good energy and I and I really need to, to flip my mindset really quickly. And then for me, just journaling becoming like a journal junkie and really just in and spending time coaching yourself every day. And that helps you develop that really hyper self-awareness because a lot of people, they talk about, Oh, you need self-awareness. And I'm like, actually you need hyper self-awareness. It's not like just being aware. It's like at a, a very intense level where you know exactly what's the little thing that, that triggered the exact reason why you were behaving a certain way that day or feeling a certain way that day. And I've been able to develop that over the course of 12 years. And do you ever have to check yourself in your business? Like when it comes to self-awareness, like maybe you're letting your business stress you out or you're focused on the goal and you're not enjoying the process. Mm -hmm. How do you bring it back to enjoy the process more and be more self-aware? Yeah, that and that's happened to me recently, especially with um, the divorce. It kind of, you know kicked me in the side of the head when it comes to like emotionally and, and energetically. And I was just very lost and very confused. And, and, you know, my ex, you know, still, he kind of like technically, you know, quote unquote, technically kind of like owned half the company, even though he wasn't working in it. And so I was feeling like if I created something or if I generated more money, like he would try to come and take it from me. And I was having all of these crazy mental blocks going on. And it all just went back to, me asking myself, like, what do I really want? And how do I really see my business? I can't allow this other human being to hold me back. Because I was literally purposely holding my business back. I was purposely making less money on purpose. Because I was so afraid that he was going to try to come and take everything. And so it was like, it was like, I was, I I was unable to create, it really was crippling me. And I was like, I cannot live like this. And, And I'm a creative. Yes, I'm a business owner. And I'm really into strategy and all this sorts of stuff. But when it comes down to it, I am a creative. And to be being unable to create was just harming me so badly. And I even told my ex husband, I was like, you are harming me by making it so I can't create. And I was like, I know you might not understand that because you're not a creative, but that's what it's doing to me. And so I had to really start diving deep again. And I really had to start working on my money mindset. I had to start buying courses. I got, um, you know, I started working with a coach, um, to work through my mindset stuff. And, and the thing that was really interesting is I was like, I kept saying to myself, well, I'm having a hard time manifesting money. But the weird thing was, is I wasn't having a hard time manifesting men to date who had a lot of money, which was really interesting. So, um, and I was talking with one of my friends who's a mindset coach and she was like, Kimra, you are manifesting the money. You're manifesting super high value quality men who possibly are people who can be business partners with you or help you grow your company or help you think about your business in different perspectives and things like that. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. That's true. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit of that, like someone to be like, 
here, here's what the reality is. You're actually doing awesome. You know, and so she basically told me that and then that really kind of, you know, flipped things a bit. And then after talking with some like accountants and things like that, it really made it like, okay, just create camera, just go out, just create, everything's going to be perfectly fine. I just needed some validation. And then I was able to flip back out of it. And so it, 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 what works for one person is different than another. I usually need some sort of validation. I always tell people like, look for what is actually the truth. Because oftentimes our fears or our limiting beliefs are just so illogical and irrational. You know, I was being so irrational, thinking like my ex-husband was going to try to come and like take everything away from me. Completely irrational. Um, but um, it was just this major fear I had. But then once some people pointed out like, no, Kimra, you're actually kicking butt here. You're actually doing awesome here. Like this is actually great. No, everything's going to be just fine. Just keep being creative and do your thing. It was like, oh, okay. And then I was ready to rock and roll again. I love that. Okay. I like how you say look for validation from an outside source because sometimes we are too emotional or we're going through something at that time to think mm -hmm. logically because mm -hmm. it just kind of takes over. I really want to go back to being authentic on social media and online um, mm -hmm. just because I think it's, you admit it's hard for you, but you just do it anyway. Um, and yeah. then you see the benefits of it. But you probably do get some pushback too, I would imagine. Yes. Yes. And this happened um, in April. I came out of the closet as bisexual. Um, and, you know, my whole child, I shared a story about like my whole childhood and how I only liked girls. Um, but I come from a small place in Idaho. And, you know, in Idaho, you're not supposed to be that way, you know, like you're not supposed to be a lesbian in Idaho. Um, and, and even still, it's still kind of, you know, people still are treated very differently there. And, um, and anyways, you know, I decided to share my story publicly and, um, you know, it, it, um, it, it had some backlash. Like I, I shared a story from stage when my friends was hosting an event and I asked him if I could share my story on stage. And so I shared it. It was the most terrifying thing I ever did in my life. I was shaking while I was doing it. And to be a person shaking um, who has who has done, um, you know, hundreds of webinars and, you know, tons of public speaking. And I'm up there shaking, sharing this story coming out of the closet in front of a group of, it was about 50, 60 people, um, you know, that really showed how much fear I really had, you know, to actually literally be physically shaking on stage. Um, and anyway, so I shared the story. I had a video and um, the, I posted the video on my YouTube channel publicly. And um, yeah, I, I ended up getting a lot of backlash. I ended up losing thousands of followers on my on my Instagram account and on my Facebook account, and then on my email list as well. I sent out an email about it, and within within two days, I had already lost two thousand subscribers, and it was really hurtful. Um, and that's because a lot of people that had left my list had been on my list for like four years. And I'm just like, wow, you know, because I'm, I, and I've always been very open with people, you know, I've shared my, you know, welfare experiences and divorce and all, you know, all of these things that I experienced as a child and all this stuff. But because I shared I'm bisexual, suddenly I'm, you know, a person they no longer want to listen to or follow anymore. And so it, it did hurt. And I knew that there would be some backlash. And, and, but the thing is, I felt if I wasn't my true self, like I couldn't create, I could, I would be frozen still. And so I decided to share it. 
And there definitely was a lot of backlash on that. But I mean, I've had backlash on all sorts of stories. Even even when I posted about the divorce, there were people that were just like, oh, like you should have tried harder because you have three kids. I'm like, I spent over $80,000 in coaching and therapy to make my marriage work. Um, so yes, I tried very hard. Like, you know, so it was just, I still got backlash from that. But even with the divorce thing, there was so much positive that happened with posting about being bisexual. There's so much positive that happened. I had people getting me, sending me emails saying they're so grateful that I'm sharing my story, that it's inspired them to share their story. Um, when I posted about my divorce, there were people who reached out to me and literally said, Kimra, if you can divorce your husband, I can divorce mine too because he sucks and I'm done with him. And I was just like, uh, that wasn't the intention of my post, but go you, you know, go, go do your thing, you know? Um, so it was, but it enabled people to say, you know what, my relationship's not working and I want to be happy. And it's, and it helped them be able to go towards that. And that has nothing to do with business. I wasn't making sales because I was helping people realize that their partnership wasn't going so well. Um, you know, that wasn't like making me money in some sort of way. That was just, you know, me wanting to help people and share and share and that just turns into helping. I love that. I'm a firm believer that people wake up just waiting to be offended and trying to fight with people. My sister recently rescued a dog from China, from the Yulin mm -hmm. Dog Meat Festival. And she got it home. Mm -hmm. A couple of months later, it was diagnosed with cancer and we started to go fund me. And I got it in the news, and of course, you know, they put it on their Facebook page. And the comment section, it's like shocking to me. Like, this is a dog with cancer. We're raising money for chemotherapy because apparently pet insurance is like human insurance where they don't cover shit. So she had pet insurance, but they didn't cover the chemo. And most of the comments were like, oh, I should start a GoFundMe for my vacation. This person shouldn't get a dog if they can't afford it. And it was like, the negativity is shocking. And I think yeah. that's why, like you say... You're scared to do this, but you do it anyway. And yeah. even though you know most of the comments are positive or most of the actions are positive, I think that is what holds people back is the fear of what other yeah. people are thinking. So wrapping up, I kind of want mm -hmm. you, I feel like you are the perfect person to leave us with some kind of motivation on being more open and honest online and not making social media your highlight reel. So if somebody is a little afraid to talk about a struggle or a challenge or some kind of pain, what would you say to them and leave them with so they can just say, fuck it, this is me, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, I mean, there's so many angles I could kind of go with this, but I really feel it all boils down to, like, do you actually want to serve? Because there's, there's in the, in the first chapter of the book, Think and Grow Rich, there's a chapter called decision. And I always talk about this chapter because the, the word decision doesn't mean you just said, Oh, I want to have an online business and impact people. Okay, sure. You want to do that. But the decision is actually taking the action to do it. And if you want to impact people's lives, you have to share. Um, you know, and the more deep you share, the deeper that connection is with people and the more impact you actually have. So I always tell people, I'm like, if you truly from the bottom of your heart really want to serve at your highest capacity, then being more vulnerable and more raw is going to be the thing that leads you to that. And yes, I understand maybe there's some topics that you don't want to share. There are definitely things 
I will never, ever, 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 ever share publicly, ever. Um, but they, the things I know that are going to really resonate with my audience, that's maybe something somebody else has gone through, um, that's something where there is a valuable lesson to learn, that's what I'm going to share. I don't believe in just sharing your dirty laundry and telling everybody that every fight you're having with your husband or whatever uh, publicly. Um, but I do agree with sharing a message and sharing a lesson with your story. Then that's what makes it so powerful and really impactful with people. And that means you, that's you showing the universe how much you really want to serve. Because the universe has our backs, but we have to show the universe that we really want the things that we want. If we want to have that big impact, then we need to show the universe that we we're, we mean it, and then the universe will give us will give us back the things that we have been asking for. I think this episode is going to help so many people and motivate them and change the way they approach their online presence and what they put out there about themselves, their lives, and their business. So thank you so much, Kimra. Is there um, any place specifically you want to send people to? I want to send them to freedomhackers.com because yes. the website is gorgeous. Like you talk about you're a creative person. Uh, freaking obviously. Look at your website. <laughs> yeah, my website is definitely not like anybody else's in the industry. There's like spaceships flying around. Um, but um, yeah, I would recommend people hit me up on my YouTube channel. It's uh, if you just go to youtube.com slash Kimra Luna, um, that's a really great place to find me. And if you want to see a lot more of like my raw, uh, vulnerable sort of content, um, and more like opinions and, and just other things that aren't just business related, my Instagram account's a really great place for that. Um, just go to Instagram, Instagram.com slash Kimra Luna. I do answer all the, you know, direct messages there and I read everything there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm kind of most active. It's kind of my easiest platform to get active with people cause it's just on my phone and I can just like, you know, be laying in bed and, and be able to contact people and stuff. So I really love my Instagram. So hit me up over there. Um, that's where I hang out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kimra. You're welcome. We talked about a lot in that episode, and you can find everything in the show notes. You can just check out the show notes along with this podcast episode wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find it on MediaMavenAndMore.com. You can also visit BecomeAMediaMaven.com, and it will just redirect you to the page with all of my podcast episodes. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet, I would really appreciate a subscribe, a tap on that ratings button, a tap on the review button, because the more love you show me in iTunes, the more love iTunes shows me by bumping me up in the search so more people can find the Become a Media Maven podcast. I am headed off to Atlanta tomorrow, if you're listening to this in real time at the beginning of April. I am headed off to meet with fellow podcaster Jason Swank. I am in his agency university mastermind where it is all about growing agencies. And as you know, a big source of my income is my media relations agency. And I'm super excited to meet with him and other agency owners. And then I will be back here next week with another new episode for you. So thank you for listening.